Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by St. Croix Rods, the best rods on earth, and their virtual and in-person Customer Appreciation Day next Saturday, June 19th, with performances by Joe Booker and the Top Raiders and UMG recording artist Travis Denning. And this is happening at the St. Croix Factory in Park Falls. Details at stcroixrods.com. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kelm will join me in just a bit, and today we'll hear about June events at the Range of Richfield, get an update on rough grouse, and John Small reports on his Memorial Weekend kayak camping trip in the Apostle Islands. Well, it's time now for the Madison Outdoors Report. You hear this feature every week on WTSO, the Big 1070, and on our podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Outdoors Radio, and if you put my name in there, it'll come up, and uh, you can listen to the whole show, including the Madison Report. And joining us once again is Gene Dellinger. He's the proprietor of DNS Bait and Tackle on Northport Drive, and he's on the web at dsbait.com. And he's also on Facebook, and he has a weekly fishing report recorded every Friday at DNS Bait and Tackle on Facebook. Well, Gene, thanks for joining us again. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. You bet. Now, how was Memorial Weekend? Uh, it got a little cooler, and then it uh, started to warm up. Yeah, it was uh, it was busy in the store here. I mean, a lot of traffic. But uh, fishing-wise, I think it was a little bit marginal. You know, like I said, it dealt with some cold front and a little bit of wind actually quite a bit of wind yeah and uh so the guys were getting out the bluegills were starting to you know look at spawning in different areas on the chain here and i think that definitely changed their mood over the weekend but it's gonna they're gonna get right back into this week with the heat weekend we're gonna experience so. yeah yeah we're we're looking at 90s uh, this weekend uh, that should that should change things a lot <laughs> yeah usually when that happens though they'll come in and they'll be done and they'll be gone yeah you know which which I guess is good for the fish. It's a little harder on the fishermen, but yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of guys look forward to that spawning period. Yeah. Uh, so, what are the water conditions? You got some rain. Uh, did that uh, muddy uh, the yeah, water? Our lake levels, yeah, our lake levels are coming up slowly but surely. Um, the water is starting to get some color to it. Some of it's not pleasant, but um, it's starting to get some. I talked to a good customer of mine who lives over on Lake Monona. He said uh, he did quite well on the bluegills over there in shallow water he said but there's a lot of you know stuff algae and slime and stuff i don't know just typical things that happen when the water first warms up it isn't overly pleasant but uh, it doesn't seem to stop the fish from biting that's for sure uh-huh okay so let's go around the chain a little bit on mendota uh there were catfish um biting up on the north end is that still going on yeah that's still going on um let's kind of day by day like everything but yeah that's still going on they're using cut bait for the most part by either by suckers and cut them up or get catch their own bait uh, white bass or little bluegills or you know a sheephead whatever and they cut them up and use those for bait some guys are switching over to stink bait it's a little early i think stink baits really pick up when the water gets hot mm-hmm. uh, the smallmouth action has been decent most of those fish are done spawning they've started to move out on the bars and i'm sure they're going to start feeding up pretty good here with this warmer temperatures this week Walleye, walleye action, I hear, I don't hear a lot of walleye action the last week or 10 days on the lake. Usually when you do hear some fish caught, they've been on the smaller side. And really not much for bluegills on Mendota. Uh, lake Monona has been producing quite a few bluegills. Like I say, with the, the warmer weather last week, they were getting ready to spawn or a lot of fish in that spawning mode. They'll be back in there again this week. Um, I hear a few white bass on Monona. I've, I haven't heard too much as far as the muskies or walleye go on that lake. Wabisa. Also, mostly bluegills uh, and weather-related bite. Not much for uh, musky action that I've heard. That doesn't mean it's not going on. I don't talk to a lot of those guys, and a lot of those guys kind of keep it to themselves, you know. Yeah, yeah. Musky fishermen are pretty, uh, pretty quiet, except when they catch a big fish and then they post it on yeah. Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. With the wrong lake or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lake in in uh, in Vilas County or something. That yeah, that kind of pins yeah. it down a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um. And then Kiganza, there's been some nice bluegill and crappies caught down there and a few nice perch, but it's usually local guys, and they're paying their dues. I mean, they have some tough days, tough bites, work a lot of hours, and then some days it really pays off to get some nice fish. It's not an easy bite, but they're definitely some quality fish. Uh-huh. 
Now there's some pike in that lake too. Are are, are there good? Oh, yeah. Are there oh, yeah. good pike or, or just mostly hammer handles? I think mostly hammer handles, but they get some nice pike. The whole chain seems to have had a bunch of uh, smaller pike on it in the last year or so. A lot of twenty to thirty inch fish showing up uh, around the whole chain and have been all spring. I, I'm sure we had it must have had a good hatch a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. That walleye bite is that still a night bite? Um. For the most part, but I'm sure uh, it's turned into a day bite now that we're getting some color in the water. I did talk to a few guys that have been trolling down on Wabisa, some mid-lake stuff. They've been struggling a little bit, but they, they've been catching a few walleye. Typically this time of the year, there's uh, some guys, a handful of guys that will do some trolling some walleyes over on Lake Monona, right out in front of Oberg Park sometimes. There's just a gentle slope, mud, mud flat out there, and uh, they'll get some nice walleyes out there. I was just talking to a guy the other day who was... Commenting last year at this time, how many big fish they caught out there. Oh. He said uh, they haven't really started just yet, but he's looking forward to that happening pretty quick. Yeah, and trolling what stick baits? Uh, you know, he didn't he didn't uh, say too much, but I think actually they've been yeah been trolling uh, trolling some stick baits, and and this time of the year, some of the guys are going to be trolling crawler harnesses. Uh huh. So. Yeah, that's that's kind of a summer bite, but I suppose they can get into that uh, pretty soon. Do you hear much on uh, wingra? Um, I hear a little bit of musky action over there. I've heard some bass, but uh, it's been kind of quiet. You know, some years ago, that used to be something you, you heard about that lake all the time. Yeah. Not as much uh, in the last couple of years. And I don't, I don't know if the lake has become a little more difficult to fish. A few years ago, they sand all the carp out of there pretty successfully. Mm-hmm. And when they did that, the weed growth and stuff really took over in the lake, which um, makes it a little more difficult for casting musky. Yeah, yeah, I haven't fished it in years, but um, I, I used to fish it a couple times a year before they took the carp out, and even then, uh, in the summer, I mean, you, you had weeds everywhere. You, you had to throw yeah. top water or, or, or just, you know, I don't know, jig in yeah. a pocket, a open yeah. pocket or something. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's worse now. Yeah. Well, how about uh, the Wisconsin River or Lake Wisconsin? Anything going on there? Um, I haven't heard a whole lot. I know they were getting a few crappies up there around Okie or so about a week ago. I heard that. Uh, at the lake was or down at the Perdisac Dam. Got a few guys been going up there. They've been catching a few white bass recently, some smaller walleyes. And some smallmouth bass, a few I heard that too. Uh-huh. Um, but I haven't heard a whole lot about the, the, the river system lately. I, I Generally, that's because there's maybe nothing exciting going on or there's plenty going on locally. I'm not sure yeah. what happened. Yeah, the times I've um, fished the river up there in the spring, you know, when the run is on, uh, or then in the fall, Lake Wisconsin, uh, when those uh, walleyes and saugers are, uh, I guess it's deep water, I don't know, um, 15, 20 feet in the the sand where you can jig with blade baits. And, boy, a couple times I've done that with people who know what they're doing, uh, we've really hammered them. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a lot of fun, and uh, you know the saugers were running as big as the walleyes. Uh, you yeah, know. that's amazing the size of the saugers on that system. Yeah, I caught one once fishing. Um, uh, oh gosh, I forget the guy's name now, but uh, years ago fishing just uh, down from River's Edge, somewhere along Highway A. There, we were fishing from shore, and we were catching. We caught and released some. These were pre-spawn walleyes, and one of them was a sauger. And we didn't weigh it, but holy cow, that must have been close to a state record fish. It was easily five, maybe six pounds. It was the biggest yeah, sauger. Yeah, every once in a while, you, yeah. Every once in a while you'll hear about a fish, a sauger like that in the system. Yeah. More often than you should, anyway. Uh huh. Yeah, it was the biggest, biggest, uh, sauger I've ever seen. And then after we put it back, you know, we went, uh, gee, <laughs> what's a state record, you know? Anyway. All right. Well, um, you got bait as always, I assume. Oh yeah. Yeah, we've been pretty well able to keep stocked up pretty good. The weekend we got hit pretty hard, but we usually get bait again right again quite away at the beginning of the week too. So Uh huh. Okay. And your hours? We are started our summer hours now since the holiday weekend. So we're open Monday through Friday from five thirty AM to seven PM. Saturday from five AM to seven PM. And on Sunday from five AM to five PM. And that's always you in the store, huh? Not always, oh. fortunately. 
Oh. More often than I'd like sometimes. Yeah. Not always. Yeah. All I've right. got a couple guys who help me out on the weekend, so yeah. Uh, that's been that's been helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Gene, thanks so much. Uh, glad you got through Memorial Weekend, uh, uh, you know, in in good shape, and uh, we'll be in touch for another report in uh, in a few weeks. All right. Sounds good. Gene Dellinger with the Madison Outdoors Report. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Lawrence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land, 160 miles of wooded UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Jeff Kelm joins me once again from his home in Wisconsin Rapids. Jeff, um, how was Memorial Weekend for you? You know, we we got a chance to visit with uh, with family. Uh, had a great time out at the farm. Managed to get uh, our tractor running. We've got a an old Ferguson TO35. Some mm. folks that know tractors probably recognize that there's a lot of them out there. Uh, but uh, we had. Uh, some issues with the top end of that motor, so we replaced the head and all that this winter and had a few other things to finish up on it so we could get it working. And uh, now it's ready to cut grass and to uh, start tillage, and we're ready to go here, man. It's uh, It was exciting to get that running. Yeah, yeah, good. It's always neat to see old equipment uh, come back to life, and there's a lot of old tractors still in service. There is, uh, there, I, I mean, uh, we've got neighbors that use tractors that are eh, maybe not quite in the 1950s, but certainly late 60s, definitely in the 70s yet that they're, you know, that's, that's their standard equipment yet. They don't have the, they don't have the money to buy a million dollars worth of, of yeah. new equipment, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And some of these new ones, uh, wow, they're totally computerized, oh, uh, air conditioned cab. Um, you, you just ride it. It, it steers itself. It's GPS, uh, you know, to the row and, uh, yeah. yeah. Amazing. So it's the, I mean, the, the folks that, that lease the land that we, that we have at the farm, they use that modern equipment to plant. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's interesting. You and I have talked about this, how folks used to like hunt between corn rows. Yeah. And it gets, it's gotten harder and harder over time because the, the corn rows are getting narrower. Yeah. And, uh, so my neighbor next door, he's got one of the old, I don't know if it's a, uh, uh, 32 inch or something like that. You know, it's, it's, it's quite a large space between rows. That's still what he plants with. Uh-huh. But the, the, these newer planters, I mean, they're, uh, maybe they're, they're 18 inches or something, 20 inches. Oof. I mean, it's, it's narrow and yeah. you just, there's no way you can even see through the corn, let alone hunt through it. Yeah. I can't imagine a, a buck with a decent rack walking through the corn either, but, um, I guess the corn growers aren't thinking about hunters and uh, deer when they uh, when they make things more efficient. No, no, I suppose not. Yeah. Well, did you get any turkey hunting in before it ended? No, no, just uh, just too many things going on and and yeah. uh, just not enough time to get around and travel. You know, last year I got all kinds of time because of the the lockdown on everything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this year was a little different. I knew that going into it. I knew it was going to be difficult. Yeah. Well, and what do you got going on this weekend? So I'm actually emceeing an event that's not a, your standard uh, fishing tournament. Uh, it's actually, I'm not running the event. I was just invited as the MC. It's actually a Linder Media event. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the Minnesota Fishing Challenge, and it's a benefit a fundraiser for the Adult and Teen Challenge of Minnesota, which is a in-person addiction counseling service mm. uh, that helps uh, both, uh, as it states, teens and adults uh, get through um, a multitude of addictions, life-changing, life-altering addictions. And um, uh, so it's going to be great to be a part of that. Uh, you know, I've, I've dealt with my own demons in my life and, and getting through that. So it's really neat to be able to, to give back. You know, yeah. and give some time back to something like this that is really going to benefit uh, folks and and change lives. And uh, we're all we're doing is uh, all, all they are doing is fishing, and yeah. uh, all I'm doing is emceeing. Yeah, well, cool. It's good to see that there are events like this that, uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, are, are are not just guys with logo shirts competing for fifty thousand dollars. There's nothing wrong with the tournament series that you um, that you run, but um, 
Yeah, it's nice to see a variety of, of other types of events, especially yeah. those that help people who are challenged. Yeah, and it's going to be a multi-species event, so it's going to be kind of neat to see what everybody brings in. Yeah, well, good. Well, I just had to hunt turkeys again, and um, I, I must say my turkey season was a total bust. Uh, I never had a bird in sight uh, when I was sitting down with a gun. I did see one tom that uh, I spooked uh, out of a field because I was, uh, you know, that was like three weeks ago. I was moving around. He had been gobbling before and he shut up and I thought, well, let me just see where he might be. And well, there he was with a hen and they, of course, they took off. But uh, I hunted several days during the last period and uh, had one good conversation with a gobbler on Memorial Day. And that son of a gun went the other way after gobbling for 45 minutes nonstop. <laughs> I don't know whether he called in a hen or just got tired of me. And later I talked to the landowner whose son hunts the, the property Um they're out-of-state folks, but uh, they get up on occasion, uh, occasional weekends. And he said, yeah, that's been our experience, too, is they'll talk to you, and, and then they go the other way. So I think maybe a lot of people have been talking to these few birds that we've got around here. Because, uh, man, this was, uh, in some respects, the worst turkey season I've ever had. Uh, it was fun to be out, but, man, it was tough. Mm-hmm. And I've heard from other people that, it's anecdotal, you know, but fewer birds uh, than in recent years. And, and I don't know if you heard that from anybody, but yes, um, I did. I heard the same thing: fewer birds. You're 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 vying for fewer birds out there, and and still a very high. I don't think as high as last year, but a high hunter population. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see the harvest once DNR releases it. Uh, if they're on schedule, it should be out by the time we do next week's show. So. Um, last year was 44,000, which was up from 38,000 the year before. A big jump. We'll see what it is this year. So, anyway, well, we've been talking about turtles. Uh, folks, it is still turtle uh, migration time. That is, uh, the females are migrating to uh, sandy uplands where they can lay their eggs. So watch for them as they cross the roads and uh, don't hit them uh, with your car, obviously, and uh, move them off the road if you can do so safely in the direction they were heading. And speaking of um, uh, egg laying and babies and so on, it's baby wildlife time. Uh, gosh, Jeff, I've seen uh, I've seen more deer turkey hunting. Uh, several fawns uh, jumped the fawn in in our pasture here where we keep the sheep uh, when we move them around. Had a wood duck brood on our little creek. That's the first time I've seen one of those, although we've seen pairs of wood ducks every year. So lots of critters having little ones. Yeah, it is the season. Very cool. I got I got baby chicks um, that just arrived, meat birds. Yeah. Uh, so I've got my own set of babies, but, you know, uh, I haven't seen any fawns yet at my house. I had hmm. I saw a doe for about the last month. And I thought, oh, she's going to drop a fawn near us. But I have not seen her on camera now for the last number of uh, about yeah. a week or a week and a half or so. Yeah, I actually watched a, a doe nursing a fawn when I was turkey hunting the last, uh, oh, sometime last week. And uh, I was standing up to, to leave because it was mid-morning. And uh, she watched me for a second, and then she dashed into the woods, and the fawn ran about 10 yards and dove into a patch of burdock, you know, the big leaves of the first-year sure. burdock plants. Yep. It must have just laid down right there because, man, it dove into that and was gone. I thought, well, <laughs> smart, you know, they they learn early. Uh, yeah, they figure it out in a hurry. Yeah, in, Instinct works and saves most of them. Anyway, well, coming up, John Small reports on his Memorial Weekend kayak camping trip in the Apostle Islands. Just can't keep him out of those boats. John Steigerwald gives us an update on rough grouse drumming counts and West Nile virus. And Jim Bobby Ash will kick things off with a report on June activities at the Range of Richfield. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact 
The Rough Grouse Society, toll free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Al's Goldfish Lure Company. Since 1952, we've been building great fishing lures like the Helgi, the 49er, our original goldfish, and more. Right here in Maine, in the good old USA. Perfect for casting, trolling, or jigging for nearly 70 years. From panfish to muskie, we've got a bait for that. Check out alsgoldfish.com or ask for them at your local tackle shop. Al's Goldfish Lure Company. alsgoldfish.com Flow has been making world-class aluminum trailers for 38 years, and the all-new Versamax UT is a giant leap forward in utility trailer technology. Whether you're working on projects or planning a trip, a Flow UT trailer will serve you like no other. And Flow technology eliminates the rattling and banging you get when towing most utility trailers. Whether you're buying for the first time or looking to make an upgrade, see for yourself what sets us apart at floeintl.com. The Versamax UT, another game changer from Flow. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. The Range of Richfield is your ultimate shooting experience. Located on Helson Drive, just north of the Richfield Cabela's store at the split of highways 41 and 45, and online at therangewi.com. And joining us for our monthly look at what's happening at the Range of Richfield is Range President Jim Bobbyash. Well, Jim, welcome back. It's good to talk to you again. Dan, it's always Good to be back, and always a pleasure chatting with you about the range and what's new in your life also. Well, how was May since we talked to you last? May was great. Um, even though the ammo situation is still with us, we are still seeing really good range traffic and a lot of new faces. Now, the really good news is that uh, I, I'm seeing more guns being delivered. And to be honest with you, I haven't seen our gun cases this full in months. So we have a fair amount of uh, ARs that are available. Our ammo stock is okay, so if you purchase a firearm or rent a lane, I can sell you a box of ammo. Unfortunately, there are certain calibers, uh, 223, 380s, and, and 22, believe it or not, uh, we do not have. So if you're coming to shoot a particular gun, it wouldn't hurt to call ahead of time and make sure that we have that ammo for you to shoot. And unfortunately, the situation is good but not great, so we are still not able to sell ammo to go out the door. Okay. Well, how about your classes? Classes continue. Uh, they're well attended, um, and I encourage anybody who's interested to either stop in or, and check out our schedule or go to therangewi.com for details. Some of our more popular ones is our Wisconsin Concealed Carry class on June 24th, handgun, uh, women's handgun fundamentals, and that's on June 13th. Uh, our first shots is June 30th. Drawing from concealment, which is a, uh, advanced class, is on June 22nd. We've got a Wisconsin Concealed Carry License and Home Defense Fundamentals on June 19th, and then our basic pistol course on July 10th and 11th. Now, that's a real popular course, so I'm, I'm letting people know ahead of time that the uh, attendance is limited. So if you're interested in the NRA basic pistol class, let us know. And, of course, uh, we always have our uh, private handgun lessons. We've got six great instructors that would be very happy to uh, help you out uh, to become more proficient with your firearm. Okay. Well, you sound like you're going to be busy in June, but do you cut back at all in the summer? Yes, we do. Um, you know, people are now taking advantage of going on vacation. They weren't able to do it last year. A lot of the events had closed down. So uh, we are noticing a lot of people uh, spending time outside, and I, and I can't blame them. I think that's great. So we have trimmed back uh, our uh, schedule a bit, but we will be ramping back up uh, in late August uh, to fill the supply 
and demand that we think will be coming back as soon as we get through the warm months. All right. Any specials in June? We do. We have, we have several. Uh, we have a, a, a special on June, from June 9th to the 20th. Now, we'll be offering 15% off all tactical and home defense shotguns that are in stock. We have a really nice selection here. Actually, we have some nice ARs, too, that we'll we have here. Come on in and take a look, especially if you're in the market. Now's a good time to buy. Okay. We also yeah, we also have a um, special on Liberty uh, Saves. If you purchase an Explorer 26, which is a new uh, uh, new Liberty Safe, you will get free curbside delivery. Yes, it's true. Normally, it's a thousand ninety nine ninety nine discounted to nine ninety nine ninety nine, so you save a hundred dollars and get free curbside delivery. A lot of times people ask me, is delivery included? Well, typically it isn't, but we have a special deal going with Liberty right now so that for nine ninety nine ninety nine we can have that, that safe sitting in your driveway. Mm-hmm. So this is for the Explorer 26 uh, safes in stock only. Now, we will be having another, <coughs> excuse me, another uh, sale on other safes the weekend of Father's Day, the 18th through the 20th. So, again, stay tuned, and if you're interested, come on in and talk to me. All right, and speaking of Father's Day, you usually have specials on Father's Day, Mother's Day, and Valentine's Day. What have you got for Father's Day? Well, on Father's Day, uh, we treat Dad to a, a, a free shooting and a, and a free target, as long as there's one other person that's paying for a plane rental. So, you know, kids bring your dad in, or, or uh, mom bring dad in, and, and rent a lane. He gets to shoot for free and, and have some fun. All right, and of course, if you're looking for a gift for Father's Day, I'll bet you've got some ideas. We do, and if you don't know specifically what he wants, we've got our, our famous uh, range gift cards. If you buy a $50 range gift card, uh, with that purchase, we will give you a, a voucher that's good for 30 minutes of free shooting. All right, and any other specials this summer? We have one that I think people always enjoy. This is our summer special. Wednesdays from June 2nd through September 29th, all lanes will be just $10. Hmm. doesn't matter if it's standard or premium, only $10. It's worked out well last year, and uh, we want to do it again this year. It gives people a chance to come in and and, um, spend some time, do some shooting. Hopefully I'll even have more ammo by that time. Yeah, well, good. All right, and you're open six days a week, right? Yeah, we're closed on Mondays uh, for for maintenance, but we'll also be closed on on, on Sunday, June 27th. We are going to do a a little upgrade to our computer system so that we can serve everybody a little bit better. So that's the day we're going to. Actually, we're going to spend Saturday or Sunday and and Monday uh, taking inventory and and getting the the new. All right, sounds good. Um, and, of course, people don't need to shoot uh, if they just want to come in and look at guns or talk to you guys about guns. You're very knowledgeable, and you're always willing to talk to folks. We are always looking forward to that. You know, I look at us as educators here. We want to help you learn more about guns, more about shooting, more about uh, and anything that's related to the shooting industry. So come on in. I got some really good experts here and be happy to chat with you about what you can expect this year and what's coming up maybe next year. All right. Well, Jim, uh, you have a great month of June and happy Father's Day to you. And we'll talk to you again in July. Thanks, Dan. Happy Father's Day to you also. Well, thank you. Jim Bobby Ash is the president of the Range of Richfield. They are located on Helson Drive, just north of the Richfield Cabela's store, where highways 41 and 45 divide and on the web at therangewi.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. If you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need legal help, call Hupie and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal, year after year. The firm of Hupie and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupie and Abraham, 800-800-5678, 
or visit them online at hupi.com. And all 11 offices of Hupi and Abraham are open for business if you need their help. Well, joining us once again this week is my son, Jonathan Small. And John, uh, thanks for joining us, gosh, three weeks in a row. Yes, well, we've been busy. You've been doing a lot of paddling, so I figured we'd just keep the reports coming. Uh, Memorial Uh, weekend, you did some kayak camping in the Apostle Islands, I understand. Yeah, that's what we did. Um, We did uh, three days, two nights, um, and island hopped uh, the whole time. Uh Uh-huh. So camped on islands and, you know, just kind of paddled crossing to crossing. Um, You know, usually it's like a 40-minute to an hour and a half crossing in between an island and um, made our way through uh, some of the western islands. Um, So we're adding to our list of of the 22 islands. Um, We have nine so far this year that we've actually put foot on. Um, So the goal is to get all 22 by 2022. Yeah, well, you're you're making good progress there um, with hopefully some calm weather ahead. To tackle the yeah, well, uh, the distant ones. Yeah, you know, we we had planned to do three nights, and, and we planned to leave uh, on Friday, and had to change uh, just because heavy winds. That were, were fifteen knot winds out of the north, uh, out of the northwest, is in our face mm. uh, basically the whole time, mm. and would have made it very difficult to get to the campsite that we planned on for Friday night. So we ended up revamping the entire plan. Um, on Friday and then leaving on Saturday morning. Uh huh. And what islands did you hit this time? So this time we hit, we paddled from Little Sand Bay out to Oak Island. Uh, and then from there we did a little jaunt to Manitou Island. Mm-hmm. Um, we turned to Oak and then we went to Otter, uh, Bear, Raspberry, York, and Sand. Wow. Um, and we camped again on sand and then circumnavigated that. That's a pretty good size island, so that took most of the next day. Yeah, uh, now, yeah, you, now some of those islands you'd already been on this year. Yeah, yeah, I'd been on Raspberry and York. Uh, those were repeats. So it wasn't, you know, as efficient as possible, but, you know, that was the, the way we ended up going. You know, we have to kind of go with the weather. Um, and so that's, yeah, so we kind of backtracked a little bit. Yeah, we are, you know, kind of pushing out our reach to. We're all still, I would say, like the first layer of islands. Like, you know, these are all reachable within one day. Uh huh. Um, so, okay. yeah, we're we're anxious to get out and and then you know camp and then go out further from there. You know, to kind of push out the, the range to the outer islands. Yeah. Now, do you have to file a float? plan with the park service when you're going to do something like this um you know we, we register uh the campsites okay so they, they know where where and when we're going to be and we actually have to pay and reserve and, and there's a, a 30-day like rolling calendar um so you can only reserve 30 days out so people can't you know project into the future and take everything all summer mm-hmm. um so yeah, so we we had registered uh, for Rocky Island on Friday, and when we decided that we weren't going to do that, uh, we actually called the park service and they happily you know adjusted our reservation online. Um, you know, so we just did a phone call and, and they updated the thing and, and put us on Oak instead, and then we went to Sand. And, you know, I don't think there was a change fee. I, I, I'm not, not I'm aware of. I hope not. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and is this what someone has to do if they're going to camp in the islands? You've got to reserve in advance. Yeah, there's two levels. There's, there's regular campsites, which will hold one one to seven people, and then eight to 20, I believe, are the group sites. And uh, I think mostly outfitters and larger groups, will, you know, take the group sites. Uh, but it's still early in the season, so we didn't run into that many other campers. In fact, we... we uh, we saw one other group be camping and then uh, ran into some friends who were sailing that we knew would be on Sand Island, but there were not a lot of other people out there camping. Uh-huh, okay. So, see any exciting uh, wildlife or do any fishing? No fishing. 
Well, really, we saw a few kingfishers, which I hadn't, you know, caught that caught, you know, sight of before that I recall this year. Um, a few eagles again. Uh, we had loons on the lake at night, which was nice. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it was cool. Uh, a little overcast, we had a couple sunny days. Um, but it was a great trip. I mean, we paddled and paddled and paddled. And, uh, you know, if you do it for three days in a row, you really fall into a groove. Um, at least that's what I find. And I think we had enough food for at least another two days with us. Um, we could have just stayed out there. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, if we had the reservations and, and you know, people didn't have to work. <laughs> Right, right, and 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 what if you got windbound uh, on on an island and had to stay? Yeah, so it, I mean, the, the thing is, you you always want to have at least another day's worth of food than beyond what you're you're planning. We carry marine radios. Um, if we got windbound, you know, we would just update the park service and say, "Hey, we're stuck here." Yeah, uh, and we'd yeah. Be the day late, yeah. But we didn't check in, uh, you know, uh, when we got off the water either. I think that that basically uh, happens when somebody doesn't check in, and or you know doesn't check check in with their family. That people start looking; they just assume that you made it out. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Once years ago, when I had a group of students on a uh, what do they call it a, a North Canoe trip, we had uh, like a dozen people in one of those great big canoes, uh, led by a couple of former Northland students. And we got windbound on uh, an island in uh, the Boundary Waters, and this was before cell phones. So we had no way of communicating. It was Sunday afternoon, and uh, Dave Olson, who was running the the trip, uh, he's steering, and I'm, I was in, in the canoe, and I looked back at him, and he had a very worried expression on his face. He said, we got to go to shore, because if this paddle breaks, if my you know rudder paddle breaks, we're in trouble. So, so we spent um, uh, Sunday afternoon and Sunday night. We camped on on this island and got up early on Monday. And I think we did not have extra food. We had Logan bread, which is uh, I don't know. It's like hardtack with uh, you know fruit and nuts and stuff like that in it. And we cut it up, and everybody had one piece. And we ate that Monday morning, and we paddled like crazy and got to. The uh, takeout, and by the time you know we got to Ely, and started making phone calls, and the college was not ready to send out search party yet, but uh, they were starting to get worried. Uh, but that that won't happen today because you've got communication, uh, obviously with a cell phone. Which do you have pretty good service out there? You know, we we do on some and on others it doesn't work at all. Uh-huh. I would imagine some of the outer islands it won't won't, won't work at all. Um, the, it's funny, you know, some of the ones that were actually closer to the Wisconsin mainland weren't working, but when we got on the, uh, the North Shore and you could see the Minnesota shoreline, then they started working. So. Interesting. Now you don't have, uh, radios that can communicate. Uh, your marine ra- is your marine radio a communication device or just? Oh, a- yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, it's a two way with all the channels on it and we can hear boat traffic and oh, okay. conversations and yeah. You know, we'll, we'll get weather reports from that too. Um, yeah. Okay, good. They are pretty legit. Yeah. Yeah, alright. Well, you posted some photos on your Facebook page as you always do. And that first night you were dining in style. Uh, no freeze dried beans that I saw. It was, uh, <laughs> was it lamb or venison shish kebabs? Uh, that was venison. Yeah, that was venison loin. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, we had a, we had a bottle of Knob Creek that was given to us as a going away present, uh, when we moved from New York by a fellow camper. So mm. I, I made sure to give him a little nod. Um, and yeah, we well. Uh, we brought a, a soft-sided cooler that I was able to fit into one of my back hatches on the kayak and then load up with a couple of ice blocks and you know, we had a dozen eggs, we had, you know, that meat, brought some sausages, um, and then we had a bunch of, uh, you know, kind of dry, ready-to-eat food for our lunches, so we would carry, um, like, tuna packs, salami, um, crackers, sardines, that kind of thing. Yeah. No, no cooking needed. Yeah, okay, but for breakfast, did you actually, uh, cook a breakfast? Yeah, we had sausage and eggs. Yeah, good, good. Mm. 
And your kayaks can handle the extra weight of real food as opposed to freeze-dried? Uh, you know, I think the boats handle better. Uh, they're designed for this uh-huh. uh, when they're loaded up. Um, yeah, they, you know, it, it's just it's just getting it packed neatly, playing Tetris. Yeah. And, you know, you want to put everything in a dry bag if you can, but I also like to take out the smallest pieces and the narrow pieces and shove them way up in the bow or, the you know, the stern. Because the boat is entirely hollow, so you can you can take a flay knife and put it all the way up there and, and just save yourself, you know, that space. Um, so it's it's you know it's like packing anything else except it's really tight. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've gotten pretty good at that now that you've done a number of trips, um, a number of yeah. We learned, you know, we we had done a trip in uh, in Mexico where they they overloaded the boats. I felt and and they basically loaded every hatch and then you get in the boat and then the guy hands you uh, two 20 liter bladders of water to put between your legs oh boy and yeah <laughs> but I knew I knew and then we paddled and we paddled fine and, and the boats you know handled great and there really wasn't an issue and, and I knew that you know worst comes worst I could keep there's plenty of room even inside the cockpit uh-huh. um, there's space behind where where my foot pegs are um, there's room in there so we haven't even maxed these out yet. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know if you want to do that either. So, all right. Well, any advice for somebody who might be wanting to do a, an adventure like this? Yeah, um, I guess you know, think about what you're going to do and plan it out and discuss it ahead of time and, and make sure everybody knows, you know, where you're going and when you expect to be back. And then, of course, register with the park. Um, always carry extra food and always carry. Um, you know, extra clothes, things to keep you warm. We we ran into some chilly nights, and it was good to have an extra layer to put on. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's hard when you're packing a kayak. You, you want to bring everything, but you can only bring so much. Yeah, yeah, and of course you have so, to carry yeah. you have to carry fresh water to drink too. Uh, we don't. We we had filters. Oh, okay. Uh, fresh, you know, water, the lake is fresh water, so we just yeah, little hand pump filters. But. Okay, good. All right. Well, yeah, uh, that seems a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, but the, you carry the water on the on the uh, ocean trip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's your next uh, adventure? Uh, you know, we've got a, <laughs> you know maybe twelve more islands, thirteen more to hit. Um, so I, I'd like to get back out to Rocky uh, as a jumping off point, mm-hmm. um, and maybe camp two nights there and see how many. How many of those outer islands we can get to? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot for that report. And uh, you and I talk all the time anyway, but we will get you back on uh, after your next trip. Sounds good. All right. John Small with a kayak camping report from the Apostle Islands of Lake Superior. And uh, we will follow up with him because he's going to be doing this all summer long. If you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need legal help, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678 or visit hupe.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham are open for business if you need their help. Uh, and uh, I'm Dan Small. Thanks for joining us. More Outdoors Radio straight ahead. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Lawrence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land, 160 miles of wooded UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft-shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with the combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. 
Al's Goldfish Lure Company. Since 1952, we've been building great fishing lures like the Helgi, the 49er, our original goldfish, and more. Right here in Maine, in the good old USA. Perfect for casting, trolling, or jigging for nearly 70 years. From panfish to muskie, we've got a bait for that. Check out alsgoldfish.com or ask for them at your local tackle shop. Al's Goldfish Lure Company. alsgoldfish.com Flo has been making world-class aluminum trailers for 38 years, and the all-new Versamax UT is a giant leap forward in utility trailer technology. Whether you're working on projects or planning a trip, a Flow UT trailer will serve you like no other. And Flow technology eliminates the rattling and banging you get when towing most utility trailers. Whether you're buying for the first time or looking to make an upgrade, see for yourself what sets us apart at floeintl.com. The Versamax UT, another game changer from Flow. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. The rough grouse and American woodcock societies are celebrating 60 years of habitat improvement for young forest wildlife, including grouse and woodcock and other young forest species. And you can learn more at roughgrousesociety.org. Joining us once again for our monthly chat is RGS and AWS Great Lakes and Upper Midwest Forest Conservation Director, John Steigerwald. John, thanks for joining us and welcome back. Good to be here once again. So we've been following a couple of um, important uh, activities or trends or subjects um, for the last year or so. Um, let's uh, take a look at those. West Nile virus is something that cropped up in grouse in the upper Med- Midwest, and uh, there's been some testing going on. What's uh, What can you tell us about the latest on that? Yeah, uh, so, so, of course, a little bit of background. Um, 2017, there was a sort of unexpected uh, dip in the rough grouse population uh, based upon uh, drumming surveys and, and hunter harvest uh, results. Uh, you know, the population had dipped um, when we were all expecting the population to be increasing. Rough grouse, if, if you know much about, about them as a species um, and their management, they are a cyclical species. Mm-hmm. Yet their populations go through ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys, uh, high points, bust and booms type, type things about every decade. And we were on that upswing of that, that trend headed towards a peak, an expected peak, we had an unexpected decline. That prompted a lot of concerns about what was happening with rough grouse um, as far as their habitat, disease issues, um, and part of that prompted a West Nile virus uh, study sure. survey uh, to be conducted over a three-year period. This was a multi-state effort conducted in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Uh, last year was supposed to be the final year of testing in each of the three states, but, of course, a lot of um, complications occurred due to coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, there are some issues getting that, getting out uh, sufficient test kits in some states. Some states decided that they had enough um, sort of data that they, they thought they could press forward with forming their final results. Um, the state of Wisconsin, we put forth a good effort last year trying to get out enough test kits in people's hands uh, to complete the study, but... We feel we did not get enough test kits uh, out there in folks' hands last year. Uh, so the DNR has decided that they will be extending the West Nile virus uh, testing uh, study one more year uh, into this year, um, making uh, several hundred kits available for this final year of, of testing. Um, no no uh, kits have been uh, produced, put forward yet. Uh, they will be, be made later on this year, but... Uh, you can, of course, like previous years, um, either you can talk to your local uh, DNR wildlife biologist about getting one of those kits or reach out to, to myself uh, about getting one of those kits mailed to you. All right. <clears throat> so one more year of testing, and then we should know something uh, in, in the, the following year, I would think. Yeah, we should, we should be able to, um, to get a better understanding of how West Nile virus uh, impacts rough grouse in the lake states, what type of role it plays, um, 
as a disease concern for for rough grouse and helps sort of form some management decisions uh, moving forward. Okay. Well, another thing that we look at every year is the drumming survey, which is conducted every spring. And the drumming survey, for folks who don't know, is uh, a listening survey, uh, listening for male grouse who drum to attract females. So what do we know about the surveys that were conducted this, usually in April, right? Well, a little bit of a correction to you. Uh, it, it has been conducted every single year going back to the 1960s when, when the drumming surveys were, were first first developed, the routes were first developed for them, with the exception of last year. That's again, right, yeah. Because yeah. of coronavirus uh, um, impacting how individuals at, at the DNR uh, conduct their work, uh, decided, like many, many game bird um, surveys, to not conduct that survey last year. Um, we were going into the upward trend of the cycle, even after that, that dip we had experienced in 2017. Uh, we knew through the drumming survey and hunter harvest uh, uh, surveys that we were headed towards towards the peak of, of that cycle, uh, but no drumming surveys were conducted last year. However, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of anecdotal data um, reports from the field would indicate that last year was the peak in that that 10 year cycle rough grouse uh, uh, cycle, uh, at, least, at least here in Wisconsin. Um, now, preliminary going into this year, there have been a lot of reports in the field that, that there have been a lot of birds drumming. Uh, actually, was out this past weekend doing some trout fishing and still heard a, a rough grouse drumming, mm-hmm. uh, still a spring trying to, trying to locate a mate. Um, so a lot of good reports in the field, people, people seeing birds, hearing birds. Um, but some of the preliminary uh, noise that I'm hearing from DNR is that this could that last year could have very well been the peak in the cycle, and we could be working our way back down on the back end of that cycle. Uh-huh. Not like the population is is crashing unexpectedly, like we saw in 2017. Not that there's a major decrease um, in the population. Mm-hmm. Just more or less something we should be expecting that that we are uh, headed on on the backward slide of, of that uh, cyclical cycle in rough grouse population. Okay, and the final survey results will be out soon. I believe they will be out soon. Okay, very good. Well, and the last item on our list, anyway, uh, you've got a couple of job openings, or or maybe they're new positions. Well, yes. Uh, so we've got a new position, and then we're we're filling a vacancy and actually trans- transitioning to a new new workstation for for a position. You know, part of what we're talking about with with these disease concerns with West Nile virus. You know, one thing that that's really come out of the studies and something that we've known for a long time is that habitat is vitally important to wildlife populations for species like rough grouse. Yep. So rough grouse society, we'd like to put people on the ground, positions on the ground to help put forward really good habitat projects. And because of that, we're actually hiring a state conservation coordinator in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, posting can be found on rough grouse society's website, roughgrousesociety.org. Um, and the position uh, close date is July 19th. Okay. Or, or until we find an exceptional candidate. Okay. And the other position that we will be posting on the RGS website relatively soon, uh, we're looking for a qualified candidate to fill a forest wildlife specialist position out of Antigo, Wisconsin. All right. And that'll be on the website. Um, along with other information, uh, a lot of the things we talk about, uh, for for people who want more information, the best place to go is to the RGS website. To the RGS website, whether it's to look at one of these job postings, learn more about uh, RGS as an organization, and what we do and our impact. All right. Well, John, we're going to let you go. Uh, we appreciate that report. I hope you uh, get some more trout fishing in this summer. Uh, you're up in trout. Well, I'm in trout country, too, but... Uh, uh, pretty much most of Wisconsin is trout country, so uh, we, sh- we should be enjoying some good fishing this year. Yeah, we can. All right. Well, John, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again in another month. Thank you. You bet. John Steigerwald is the Great Lakes and Upper Midwest Forest Conservation Director for the Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Societies. And the societies are celebrating 60 years of habitat improvement for grouse, 
woodcock, and other young forest wildlife. You can learn more about everything we talked about and much more that's going on with both societies at ruffedgrousesociety.org. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the ruffed grouse and American woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with the combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Lawrence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Outdoors Radio is brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. And Cedar Lake Sales is open for business. Check out their website, Facebook page for updates and details. And they've got your new and used boats in stock ready to go. And they've also got life jackets, personal flotation devices. They sent out a reminder to boaters that you should wear one. And if you need uh, a new wearable or um, uh, throwable, uh, they've got plenty of them in stock. Remember, you need a wearable for each person in your boat, plus a throwable uh, to be legal in, uh, in most boats. If you missed an episode of Outdoor Wisconsin, you can catch any show from the past several seasons at milwaukeepbs.org. Or uh, if you missed Deer Hunt Wisconsin, you can still watch it online at the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. Missed anything we talked about on today's show or you want to listen to past shows? Go to lake-link.com. Go to the Outdoor Radio page. You can listen to this one. Take us with you on your favorite podcast platform. You can follow Dan on social media during the week at Dan Small Outdoors. And you can follow along with me at Hardwater Jeff. One more reminder, watch for turtles on the highways as you drive around. They're moving these days to uh, go lay their eggs and then get back safely to water. So just be careful when you're driving. And uh, you can meet Barry Delberto, the author of Brave, who was a guest on our show a couple weeks ago. He's going to be at an art and craft show at the Rhinelander Courthouse next Saturday, June 12th. And he'll be in Iron Mountain, Michigan on the 26th and Menominee, Michigan on the 27th with autographed copies of his books at all three events. So if you want to meet him and talk to him, pick up a book, there's your chance. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. You can buy his CD with Anglin. uh, It's called Anglin, Wayne, and the Trollers, and it features our theme songs and a bunch of other fishing songs. It's a 12-pack of fishing songs. I'm Dan Small, here with Jeff Kelm. Jeff, have a great tournament this weekend. Uh, I'm sure you'll have fun emceeing that one. And folks, get outside this weekend and join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. You've been listening to Outdoors Radio. 
your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Find more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Brought to you by Lake Link, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. When the worms go dry in the coffee can, honey, 